0: Someone contacted me yesterday, actually, I'm looking to do paid speaking gigs next year. Yeah, that's the place to be because you can join in conversations, get yourself seen and known. And once you've built those relationships, it's a much easier ask once you have a relationship to start with, or it's a much easier ask to go back to someone you've already worked with. Always, we know that, you know, the power of the repeat and the power of the personal and building a personal brand is something that people who are not in business, job seekers will shy away from. But absolutely worth its weight in solid gold.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Audience Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Hutchison, and I'm delighted you're here. This podcast exists to help you learn how to use organic marketing that's marketing that costs nothing or very little to grow your business. Far too often, small business owners spend lots of money on advertising without getting the results they were expecting and hoping for. And it doesn't need to be that way. There are lots of things that you can do to avoid this. And here on the podcast, every week, we dive into strategies that will help you grow a business that's here for the long term, sometimes on solo episodes and sometimes on longer guest episodes like today's. On today's episode, I'm delighted to welcome Laurie McPherson. Laurie is a career wing woman, helping smart women over 40 to get jobs they love. As she's grown her business, LinkedIn has become a huge part of it. And Laurie has become a LinkedIn expert in her own right. As this is the first of our guest podcast episodes with people who are appearing at our event, Adventures in Marketing, which is happening in Edinburgh on the 9th of February, 2023, my event co host, Abby C. of Sea Change Creative Content, is also a podcast co host today. So, Abby and I will be chatting to Laurie on today's episode. Laurie McPherson. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So Laurie, for anyone who hasn't already met you, could you introduce yourself and let us know what it is that you do? Yes, yeah, so I am a career wing woman
0: for smart women who want to find great jobs that they love at the salary that they deserve. And I help them through a bit of coaching around what they want to do and then lots of mentoring
1: around how they do it. Sounds awesome. And how did you get into that? So my
0: background was retail, sales, I was a holiday rep overseas, I'd always worked in the sales industry, and then about seven and a half years ago, I changed tack and started working in employability, just looking for a change after a heavy Christmas in retail and got into helping people back into work on a government work programme, worked there for three and a half years, and as that came to an end, we were made redundant ourselves, I decided to take all the skills I'd learned and help folks back to work. And when the pandemic happened, obviously that just exploded as there were so many people out of work. Now it's very much more about the more intentional thing around people leaving the jobs they're already in to get ones that suit them better. But all in all, it's all been about helping folks into work. So I've been doing that now for seven and a half years with various other things in between.
1: And are you seeing a trend just now of... Any business owners looking for jobs? This is something that I'm quite interested to see whether this is happening or not. Is that something you're seeing? Yes, it
0: absolutely is. And there's lots of conversations I'm having around it. I know personally I've two really good friends of mine who've both gone into work this year from self-employment. I've seen some quite big people in the online business world also take employed roles this year for reasons of stability, security, looking to get a mortgage, all of that good stuff. It's unsettling and can be a bit worrying for those of us who are still in our businesses, but it's definitely a trend. I've definitely spoken to a lot of people about how business isn't for everyone. It's not necessarily forever. It could just be for now. But there are some things to look out for if you are applying for an employed role and you have been self-employed. There are some things an employer will want to ask about. So it's wise to get those out there nice and early on.
1: I'm laughing to myself because I... Dread to think what any employer would want to ask me having not been employed for 12 years.
2: (laughs) Abby, what are your thoughts about this trend? Well, yeah, like Laurie, I know so many people who have taken up a job, people who I always assume are doing amazing, starting to either look for a job or taking on a part-time job. And I know when things are really difficult from a personal perspective, it's the sort of happy fantasy place that I go to is to, you know, maybe I'll just get a little part-time job and I don't have to think about these things anymore. But then I remember the whole I am completely unemployable thing and I don't want a boss. So, yeah, but I, I do see it as a real trend now. And Laurie's right, it is quite unsettling as a business owner seeing other people kind of come out of the way. What I find interesting, though, is that, yeah, absolutely
1: take the point about trying to get a mortgage, although I do think things have changed over the past 10 years in terms of self-employed people being given more of a chance, actually. But what I find contradictory to that, I guess, is that your job is not secure. Like nobody's job is secure.
0: Totally. It's a total myth, you know, and I have lots of thoughts around this. And I've written a blog actually for a pal, she'll hopefully publish at some point, about the sort of thoughts and the conversations behind it. You've got newly self-employed folk given it it's amazing and look at the flex and my boss has given me the day off to go to Ascot have and actually you know the reason they're able to do that is because they had a secure job for years and it just it makes me laugh and I'm off this afternoon full disclosure you know on an afternoon with one of the companies I work for and I'll be finishing at 12 o'clock so in order to do that and have that flex and I know any employer would be like so Laurie tell me about the fact that you always like to have a glass in your hand by three o'clock on a Friday how's that going to fit it's not you know genuinely it's that two sides of the same coin with you. But you know, the, the whole, oh, I couldn't possibly, I am unemployable. I am, probably, but also I do have a mortgage to pay. And if this ever went, you know, the, the wrong way, the good thing is, luckily, we have amazing networks who would be able to find this work. I'd just rather not, right?
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: A hundred percent. Oh, that's like mic drop moment. <laughs>
0: it's funny I have loads of bosses I work for loads of companies as an associate and do different things but it's very much a different relationship because you know I'm very respectful of kind of is this good enough because it's going for someone else it's under someone else's banner check it in etc but also yeah you know they're bosses in a different way to it's nine o'clock and are you at your
2: desk you know
1: yeah 100% so Laurie
2: can you tell us a bit more about who you to work with or if it's kind of an open door policy and it's anyone that's looking for work or a new career? Yeah, so I usually work with women
0: and the reason for that is just because they do have different issues around their confidence, how they show up, their visibility, and I'm really aware of these things that are holding them back now. So I work with women, any industry, if I'm honest, that that isn't really a decider because basically it's about them telling the employer how they can help them in any industry so I've had a really good grounding actually in lots of different industries this year. It always makes me laugh when you know scientists come to me or tech people because I'm not either of those, but they need the help. And as soon as they show me their CV, I'm like, "Yep, need the help." So anyone who wants to do the work and who understands that. There comes a point when what they're doing themselves isn't working. And I think that's the key thing. Lots of people will start off thinking, oh, I've got a good CV. I've got a good career history. I'm just going to play on. Absolutely fine. Maybe they don't really even know what they want, but they think, oh, I'm sure to get something. They do a few applications. They don't even hear back. And they start to think, "Hmm, something's obviously not working. I think I'll get some help. And you know what? Smart people ask for help. It's just saying, this isn't my expertise. I'm going to call in the expert who can help me to really showcase myself in the right way. Because there's hundreds of jobs out there right now. The job market has never been more buoyant, but you have to show clearly how you fit the role. So anyone who wants some help in standing out, making sure they're showing how they fit this particular job, anyone who doesn't really know what they want to do next. And sometimes there's a bit of shame around that because I'm 45, I should know by now, right? But honestly, it's not a thing and lots of people just don't. So it's all good.
1: And let's talk about LinkedIn because not only are you the expert career wing woman, but really people have started to look to you for LinkedIn advice because you really know your stuff over there. So how has your use of LinkedIn evolved since starting your business?
0: Yeah, so I had no plan with LinkedIn. I just thought this might be good to get myself out there and I've grown a steady network on there. But really, more recently, I've really dug in and looked at what works What doesn't I post daily, if that means scheduling posts over the weekend, top tip if you see a post from me at seven o'clock on a Saturday morning, it's on a scheduler. Certainly not be me that's posting it manually. But really digging in, posting every day, but also engaging lots, joining in the conversations with people in my world, in my industry, and you know, first of all, understanding that I have and you have got something to say about your industry. It's a great place to find out what the trends are. You can sort of start to spot things and think, "Hmm, I wonder if that's gonna be a thing. It becomes more and more apparent as you scroll the feed right this is what's happening out there and i can then pass that on to my clients so absolutely i really recommend it for clients it's much harder for business owners to get traction on linkedin full disclosure it's much easier for job seekers and i've seen it happen someone actually put a photo up and got two job offers straight off the bat from two massive corporates someone else wrote one post and got an offer. Now, if only it was as easy for us business owners, but folks just don't seem to understand if you are looking for work or looking for, someone contacted me yesterday, actually, I'm looking to do paid speaking gigs next year. Yeah, that's the place to be because you can join in conversations, get yourself seen and known, and once you've built those relationships, it's a much easier ask once you have a relationship to start with. Or it's a much easier ask to go back to someone you've already worked with. Always, we know that, you know, the power of the repeat and the power of the personal and building a personal brand is something that people who are not in business, job seekers will shy away from. But absolutely worth its weight in solid gold.
2: So in that case, Laurie, is it actually a completely different mindset or business owners on LinkedIn to some of the other social media platforms where we are maybe what's at the forefront of our mind on Instagram, for example, is to try and get more followers so we can get more clients. What's the mindset for business owners over
0: on LinkedIn? I mean, ultimately, let's be honest, you are looking to get more clients, but I think it's about building those relationships as well. So for example, I've put out asks and questions this year. I don't know everything about every industry. I can't, and I don't apologize for that. But what I have been able to do because I've got a big network is ask some questions. So, you know, where would you go for this? Who would you ask for that? And because I've got a big engaged network, you always get the answers. So for me, it's about relationship building first and foremost. So I've had other career coaches come to me and say, well, do you look like you might be a bit more into this than I am? Can I pass these kind of a folk to you? I prefer this. Absolutely. You know, there's much more conversation, relationship building. I find Insta really hard as I'm not a visual person. I work from home on confidential stuff in my trackies and there's nothing exciting to see or show. You know, I really envy makers who can say, here are my earrings or here's my cake. I'm just sitting here in my cupboard. (laughs) Literally, I work in a closet office. You know, it's really, really hard (laughs) to get Instagram and things right. So it does become a bit of a broadcast. Whereas on LinkedIn, you have so much more chance to engage, join in conversations. It's about finding and being found, but in the right way by building your relationships.
1: So for people listening to this right now and thinking, I don't have a strong network on LinkedIn, I have got maybe a kind of ghost town of old colleagues and contacts on there. I'm now a business owner. How do I start? Who am I looking for? How do I find the right people? And how do I engage with them without feeling spammy?
0: Great question. So the search bar is your friend. First of all, know who your ideal client is. Who do you want to speak to? Search for that title. In the search bar, you can look by people, you can look by posts, you can look by hashtags and start to add your connections. You can add, now, they say 10 a day. I sometimes get away with a bit more than that. It will soon stop you if it gets fed up with you adding. Add them. I don't bother to send a connection message personally. I'm just building a big network ideally a big engaged network, connect to those people and then look at what they're talking about and join in. Know that when you first join in, you'll feel like a creepy weirdo. (laughs) Just accept it and you'll think, why would anyone listen to me? What have I got to say? That's all normal ignore push on and one day someone will respond and then you start to have conversation that's how conversation works right and then it'll go back and forth they'll post something good you'll post something good and next thing you know you're helping each other with something in the background you're having a chat they're saying actually I think I know someone who needs you and so on and so forth
1: and what would you say to someone looking to get hired via LinkedIn? That's why they're there. That's why they're using it. Whether they're looking for an employed role or they're looking for clients as a business owner, what do they absolutely need to have in place on their profile?
0: So they have to have their headline right. So that's the bit that just comes under your banner, your picture. And that's the bit that tells people what you do. If you have some obscure thing, they won't know what it is. And if you have a slash, 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 you know, I'm a harpist, slash, accordionist, slash, accountant, what, how, so what you want to do is focus on one thing and tell them how you can help them. Because everyone wants to know what's in it for them, right? It's lovely that you like cats and whatever. <laughs> what they actually want to know is how you help them. Genuinely, like people do it all the time. I'm very interested in macrame. Great. Why can that help me? How do you support and help? Have a title in there. Don't worry if it's your current title. And I mean that, you know, I don't mean makeup. you know, I'm a dentist if you're not, but have a title that works with what you do. Are you a business development professional? You know, what is it you do? But how do you support businesses? Is it to create scroll stopping graphics? Is it to launch their programs and make more money? What's going to make them care in your headline? And for job seekers, something that tells them clearly what you do, because recruiters pay for LinkedIn recruiter license, and they can search by keyword. So if you don't have the keywords, they can't find you. Basically, you can also turn on looking for open to work that only they can see. So your own employer can't see it, top tip, but they can. And it means that with a recruiter license, know that you're actively looking and can come to you and approach you. And also accept that you'll get some guff. People will approach you with stuff you don't want. Again, nothing personal. It's just a numbers game. But absolutely, you have to be findable and they have to know how you help them. They're not going to waste time approaching people if they don't know what you do. And please don't use your own title and then get offended if folk ask you to do those jobs because that's you're showing them but I mean I keep getting approached for these finance director roles yep your headline says that you're a finance director (laughs) (laughs) if you want to not be that then now's the time to change it and I always say what you put out in the world I don't mean that in a woo-woo sense I mean literally you're telling them that's what you are so they'll go with that so tell them what you want to tell them and they'll find you that way.
2: One of the questions that I had Laurie was around sort of day-to-day use of LinkedIn because the way that you've described using it and the way that people should be interacting with it it almost sounds like a more involved and a more interactive inbox rather than a social media platform so do you have any idea of how long people should be spending on the platform on a daily basis or is there no science around that?
0: So I would say start small and it's all about consistency. I mean, there's no point in saying, you know, go on every day and go for half an hour if that's going to scare the, the horses and you're actually in a job going, but I've never used it. What I would say is really important is do your 10 connections a day. And, you know, if you have to do that while you're waiting on the kettle boiling or you have to set that around an atomic habit while you're laying out your clothes or doing something else, whatever that may be, you know, do your 10 connections as often as you can because you really do want to be growing it. And remember, those are people you want to see and be seen by. So those titles and then the other thing i would say is even if you can only get on for 10 minutes three times a week but you do that consistently and you make a habit of adding your connections doing some engaging on some posts and remember you choose what you see so if you don't want to see you know certain things you want to move that across you choose by adding people by connecting the more you interact with certain types of content the more you will see that type of content so top tip don't engage with stuff you get angry about because you'll just see more so join in things that you're interested in, join in those conversations. I usually try and do, you know, 10 comments, 10 ads and Post every day, but that's me. I'm obviously a business owner. I would say if you go around three times a week, even if you start off by sharing someone else's content, don't just share it, always add a few words. That lets their connections see you as well. Build up to writing your own posts, which I know is a bit terrifying. We can talk about that. And maybe even just spending 10 minutes three times a week to start with, just getting used to the platform, you'll start to see trends and things emerging. You'll start to see things happening over and over. And then you start to get the confidence that you can join in those conversations. So
2: it just becomes like, natural part of what you do on a daily basis rather than today i must do 10 of this and 10 of that you sort of become just the way that you would in a normal conversation or how you would respond to your email it becomes this less conscious robotic process yeah though i think there's nothing wrong
0: with forcing yourself to do the robotic process to get into it you know especially business owners say all the time well I'm not really correct LinkedIn and it's like go on and do that thing you know make yourself do that thing for half an hour but then it becomes more natural because today to be honest I'm looking forward to seeing certain folks posts you know there's certain people's posts that always look forward to reading because they're smart and I'm interested and I want to know what they're going to say today because I'm like I'm here for that.
1: Neatly segueing into my next question which is what is some of the best content that you've seen people share on LinkedIn?
0: These are some people that I absolutely love so obviously, the queen of LinkedIn, as you know, is Lee Turner, and she just writes the smartest of stuff. And Lewis Kemp from Lightbulb Media, very, very smart and funny chat. A particular favourite of mine who talks about style and how it's not just a frivolous lady fashion thing and it's actually linked to your feelings, your emotions, your salary, your money, we know that, is Samantha Harmon, the style editor. And she also inspired me to get a much better graphics for my own business by her beautiful graphics and carousels that she posts about all good things every day. She's great. Jane Kissnika, hope I pronounced that right, has done my graphics since then, and also is writing about her lovely digital nomad life. She's in Bali at the moment. Really bad decision when you look out the window. And I love seeing all. I don't get triggered. I think yes, go. You know when I see the post there. So just a couple of people that always write smart and witty and interesting content.
1: I've heard some conflicting advice actually around using video on LinkedIn recently. So I've seen some big names some marketers who are going on regularly hosting a weekly show and obviously that I would assume is working for them, otherwise they would stop doing it because I would hope that they're paying attention. I'm sure they are to the stats. But I've also heard that it's a waste of time. I read a few people having a conversation about it who also seem to know their stuff when it came to LinkedIn, saying that video is not the best format for LinkedIn. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so I've been
0: having a little bit of a look at Richard Vanderblom, who is a massive LinkedIn expert. He produces a big chunky report a month ago, and he says actually video is about four worth talking. The benefit, obviously, is it does show people your face. Good tip is to record it as an Insta Reel and pop it straight on LinkedIn because it will then be captioned. Really important. Pictures, and I'm not sure if that's your own picture or images, do best. Then your documents, so that's your sort of sliders, your carousels, if you like, you would put on your Instagram but only downloaded into PDF format. Text, long-form text, still will do really, really well. And then it's video polls dropping. These have sort of changed slightly over the years. I would say if you are going to do video, absolutely it's worth it because it gets people to know and see and hear you but keep them really short definitely under 60 seconds because people are just not watching and for those who don't like showing your face sorry not sorry but pictures with selfies get two and a half times the reach people do like to see your face and i know that personally as well not every single post because it is just relying on your face but definitely there's no harm in putting yourself out there and in fact Absolutely recommend it. That's the difference. That's where the people who are looking for work can really, really struggle with a mindset of "but I have nothing exciting to say," etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, which, of course, is not true. We all have something exciting to say.
1: And one other divisive thing from what I've read is if you're sharing a link. So let's say you're doing a sales post or you're including a call to action that includes a URL. My understanding is that if you put the URL in the comments more people will see it. But if you put the URL in the main caption, more people will click it. Have you tested this?
0: Well, not tested as such, but again, Richard Vanderblanc and LinkedIn themselves said this year they're no longer penalising links in posts. So it's okay to put it in the post. But uh, there is a new-ish feature. It's been around for a little while now. I don't know. Not everyone maybe has it. But if you can and you are using an image, you can put a link in image now which means that it's not in the post, but it is on the feed. So it's not something to worry about so much anymore. As I say, I haven't sort of tested it as such, but I know that they promise they're not penalising links and posts anymore. They
1: know people are going to leave LinkedIn. Excellent news. Thank you, Laurie. You've shared so much today and we are really looking forward to welcoming you along to Adventures in Marketing. Laurie, before we finish up, What else is happening in your world and where can people find out more about you and what you offer?
0: So I am about to start a LinkedIn challenge in the new year which is 25 days, 25 things, and that's about getting moving and getting going on LinkedIn in 2023. You're going to find your next client, your next boss, your next work bestie on there for sure. There are 850 million users worldwide at last count. and I am on LinkedIn as Laurie McPherson every day and also on Insta and Facebook as Laurie McPherson Career One Woman.
1: Awesome. So if you're really looking to power up your LinkedIn presence in 2023, Sign up for Laurie's challenge and come and see her live at Adventures in Marketing. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to the Audience Growth Podcast with me, Nikki Hutchison, Abby C, and our guest expert, Laurie McPherson. Laurie is running a LinkedIn workshop live and in person at our event, Adventures in Marketing, which is happening in Edinburgh on the 9th of February, 2023. If you're listening to this live, there are some early bird tickets available. Make sure you head to adventuresinmarketing.uk to find out who all of our other amazing speakers are and grab your early bird ticket today. I'll be back next week with another guest. I'll be chatting to Viv Guy, who's a marketing coach, teaching her clients how to market their businesses without using social media. If that sounds like a dream to you, then my conversation with Viv is going to get you excited about the possibilities of using alternative marketing methods to grow your business and your audience in 2023. That episode will go live next Friday at 7am. Until then, if you're listening to this live, then have a fantastic Christmas, whatever you're doing. If Christmas has passed, then I wish you a very happy new year. I can't wait to keep bringing the Audience Growth Podcast to you throughout 2023. I'll see you then.